Welcome to episode 252. I'm Stuart McCullough. I'm the CEO of VHA. Joining me for this week's discussion is Senior Workplace Relations Consultant, Daniel Pullum. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you, Stuart. Daniel, you know how this works. We're going to show uh, two clues, in fact, and on the basis of those clues, you're going to guess the subject for today's discussion. Um, they're both images, and the first image is on screen now. Uh, for the benefit of those people who are listening rather than watching, could you describe the image? Look, it's an image of a uh, of, of a fraction. It is indeed. Uh, there's no denying. There's no other way to uh, describe it. It is uh, an image of a fraction. And our second uh, image is just up on screen now. So, for the benefit of those who are listening rather than watching, can you describe what it is you see? Uh, that's a little bit trickier. Uh, it's a it's a big guy uh, who looks looks. Uh, Looks pretty pretty menacing. <laughs> pretty menacing. I don't know how to describe him. All right. Uh, would it help if I told you that the name of the character being played is Al Del Vecchio from TV's Happy Days? Oh, maybe I was a mile off then. All right. Well, armed with that information, what would you say is the subject for today's discussion? Look, if it's all about Happy Days, it has to be the public holiday matrix. Uh, Daniel, to put this in happy days parlance, you have truly jumped the shark. So we have fractions on the one hand, we have Aldevecchio on the, on the other, uh, put them together and you have fractional. Uh, so we're going to be talking today about the fractional provisions of the Medical Specialists Agreement. And Daniel, notwithstanding uh, your lack of knowledge about happy days and the fact that you had truly jumped the shark before, I'm hoping you know more about this particular subject. So let's start with a simple question. Uh, what is a fractional? Yeah, look, I hope that uh, I know more about this than I do about happy days as well. So um, fractional is a mode of employment uh, that is captured within the medical specialist agreement and it only applies to medical specialists. So leaving medical specialists aside, when we talk about modes of employment, uh, we immediately think of things like full time employment, part time employment and casual employment. That's correct, um, but fractional is a unique mode of employment, although over time it has begun to resemble part-time employment while retaining a number of what we could say truly distinct features uh, that don't ordinarily associate with part-time employment. So is the term fractional defined by the agreement? It is, but only in a circular way. So the definitions clause refers to a fractional doctor meaning a doctor engaged on a fractional basis in accordance with subclause 16.2. Daniel, I feel that in a none too subtle way that does take us to clause 16.2. What does that say? It provides that a fractional doctor is one who is engaged by the health service to work 38 hours per week or less for the treatment of health service patients and other agreed duties slash commitments. So 35 hours, 35 seems like an, an odd choice. Where does it come from? It's derived from the idea of a sessional doctor, and historically a session was 3.5 hours. All right, so uh, the effect of that is it's effectively capped for one of, uh, one of a better way of putting it at, at 35 hours. That's correct, but it is worth noting that a fractional may be engaged for a fixed term. All right, so they're not precluded from uh, that type of employment. Now, so the obvious issue is how this unique mode of employment uh, engages with the entitlements under the agreement. 
So, for example, do fractionals have an entitlement to clinical support time? They do have an entitlement to clinical support time, although there are some unique provisions for fractionals who work minimal hours. Right. So those are set out at clause 18.2 of the specialist agreement, and we have them up on screen now. So you'll see there fractional doctors working minimal hours, and it talks about um, in a case where the health service um, uh, has deemed a fractional doctor to be working minimal hours, they use a template letter to direct them not to perform any clinical support duties, and such a proportion of time for non-clinical activity may not be allocated. Um, interesting thing about clause 18.2, Daniel, is it doesn't define minimal hours in terms of a number of weekly hours. That's correct, it doesn't. Uh, and sometimes a member will have a number in mind in terms of what minimal hours means. But the key question is whether the doctor is required to perform clinical support duties. So a person who is working minimal hours uh, may be less likely to be required to do clinical support duties, but it's important not to assume that just because of the number of hours alone that a person isn't required to perform that work. So you should consider the number of hours to determine whether they might be reasonably minimal, but also to look at what is required in terms of the work itself. If so, then the template letter can be used to make it unambiguously clear that clinical support duties aren't required. And Daniel, that point is then summarised at clause 18.2b, which provides that the health services to consider the individual circumstances, such as current duties and responsibilities, when determining whether the fractional doctor is working minimal hours. And the other thing to note is that whilst a person may generally not be required to perform clinical support duties, it is, uh, sorry, if they are required to do so for a period of time, they must be allocated clinical support time. That's a really good point. So that is covered off at uh, clause 18.2c, uh, which talks about uh, where the doctor is required to perform ad hoc non-clinical activities, a quantum of paid clinical support time for a fixed period may be agreed, following discussions with the head of unit to facilitate the performance and payment uh, for these ad hoc non-clinical activities. Um, there are two critical clauses, uh, Daniel, for fractional doctors Clauses 29 and 30, and I want to go through those in, in a little bit of detail. So clause 29 concerns hours of work for fractional specialists, and it provides that subject to the clause, the ordinary hours of work for a fractional doctor will be in accordance with their fractional allocation of hours as agreed between the health service and the doctor. Which is really not very different to part-time employment. That's correct. So the maximum number of ordinary hours of work for a fractional doctor is 35 hours per week. So that's the 35 hour cap that we talked about before, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. So there are also some terms that really reflect part time employment in that you know general sense. So it provides that at the time of engagement, a health service and a fractional doctor will agree in writing on the following matters. So a regular pattern of work specifying at least the hours worked each day and which days of the week the fractional doctor will work, with any variation to that regular pattern of work being recorded in writing. We've talked a little bit there about the, um, the fraction being agreed. What happens where additional hours are performed by the specialist and they go beyond the agreed fraction? 
So what subclause five provides, and, and this is uh, this is new uh, in the current agreement, uh, is that work required by the health service to be performed by a fractional specialist in excess of their fractional allocation as determined pursuant to clause 30 will be compensated by payment at no less than the applicable fractional hourly rate prescribed for ordinary work at Appendix 2, or in accordance with an agreed local arrangement, this would exclude work performed on a fee-for-service or scheduled fee basis or where the doctor is compensated in a way other than salary. So there are a couple of observations uh, here. It's unusual to have two options. Um, the first of these says that the rate will be no less uh, than the applicable fractional rate. How does that apply in the context of a fractional, uh, fractional rates being in bands that vary depending on the number of hours worked? So what we would say is that through the reduction of the bands that exist in the current agreement for fractional doctors, we've we've gone from five fractional remuneration bands down to three. Uh, it's increasingly unlikely that a fractional doctor will uh, exceed the band within which they perform that work. Um, we have explored this option with a number of health services and uh, at least from our conversations with hospitals, the consensus is that the doctor should be paid their rate of pay that they receive within the band they're contracted within. Um, however, uh, we need to continue some conversations with AMA Victoria and ASMOF about the finalisation of that position, and that's something that we'll convey to members on Yammer and also update the implementation guide once that's been resolved. All right, so I do want to get to clause 30, uh, which is entitled fractional allocation and then in brackets fractional doctors. So that term concerns how the fractional allocation is set, and it sets out a range of activities that are relevant to and should be included in the fractional allocation. So it's um, best to be described as a, as a menu, and it starts mm -hmm. out with direct public patient care and related activities, and that would include you know, your, your ward rounds, outpatient clinics, pre-op assessment operation time, post-op care, and unit clinical meetings, and, and the list goes on uh, within that subset. And really, those are some of the most obvious activities. Uh, but the clause also includes uh, non-clinical activities. It does, and that includes management and administrative responsibilities. So under management and administrative responsibilities, this includes the management or admin of the unit, department or division, and that would include roster preparation, budget documents, health service reports. It continues on that health service meetings include attendance at meetings constituted by the health service or at the request of the health service. So that may be where there's the that doctor attends a health service committee uh, or where, where they represent management on a committee or where they attend uh, unit or department or division committee meetings and the like. And at subclause D, it covers participation in quality assurance activities as required by the health service. So just bringing that up on screen as well includes a reasonable time directly spent in the collection, analysis and presentation of quality assurance data and attendance at scheduled unit divisional audit meetings included in attendance at committees established under AECHS guidelines and into unit clinical meetings such as grand rounds. Um, uh, the point that these activities are the ones required by the health service, I think, is essential and therefore must be factored into the allocation. That's correct. And look, the clause also factors in other elements like teaching and practice in a distant location that's contained in uh, subclauses E and F. 
One of the challenges, I think, with regards to, to, to this is that the activities might be different from week to week. And that's acknowledged at subclause two, which provides that when calculating the actual fraction, it will be clear that some aspects of the routine workload would occur more frequently than others. For instance, meetings may occur monthly, whereas ward rounds may occur daily or a couple of times a week. So calculations should take account of weekly rosters being transposed on a monthly basis. And it's recommended that hours required to be worked should be determined monthly. So we touched on entitlements a little bit earlier. What other entitlements have a term that's specific to fractionals? So clause 41, which concerns CME, uh, has a provision specific to fractional doctors. So just to be clear, uh, continuing medical education support concerns the reimbursement of approved costs to a specific limit. How does, it, uh, how does that apply to fractionals? Uh, so it's based on their fraction, and that provides, uh, there's some more detail provided at clause 41.1c, and it details that the entitlement to funding support for fractional doctors is pro rata based on the doctor's base fractional appointment. So for each 0.1 fraction, uh, that's equivalent to 3.5 hours. So given that specialists might work at a number of health services, what impact does that have on the fraction specialist's entitlement? This is addressed in subclause 41.1e. So where that doctor holds more than one fractional or internal locum appointment with a health service listed in schedules one to five of the Health Services Act, the total benefit available to the doctor each year will not exceed the full-time rates contained in subclause 41.1a and table 2.1 of appendix two. And for IT and accessories, uh, I'm thinking particularly of the provision that says that uh, in addition to portable digital aids, uh, the reimbursement for IT devices and accessories can be up to $5,000. Yeah, that's correct. And that's also prorated for fractionals, and that's set out at 41.2c. So just in terms of prorata entitlements, um, what are the other prorata entitlements for fractionals under the agreement? Uh, so what probably immediately comes to mind is insurance allowance, uh, manager allowance, and distant location allowance. However, that distant location allowance clause comes with a twist. Okay, so in terms of uh, distant or uh, designated location, I think those terms are used a bit interchangeably. What is the twist? So for subclause 44B2, the designated location allowance is prorated on a 138th basis rather than 135th. I'll admit I did not see that coming. Um, continuing on, uh, there are some additional prorata entitlements for fractionals. Uh, so some of the more obvious ones are things like personal leave, which is consistent across uh, across the board, long service leave again, absence on defence force leave, special disaster leave. These are all consistent with other agreements that pro rata for part timers. Um, however, continuing medical education leave, which is unique to medical specialists, that is also pro rata for fractional doctors. And there's also a provision around electing to be a fractional under the parental leave clause, which by, by its nature is quite unusual. And that's at clause 54.19, which entitles a doctor to request a flexible working arrangement for reduced hours on a permanent or temporary basis after parental leave, and they would be paid 138th of the individual doctor's salary. Which sounds very much like a part-time uh, engagement. It is, and, and we would say that that is, you know, very clearly the traditional form of part-time employment where it's, you know, 138th of the doctor's uh, full-time salary. It is a limited part-time arrangement, which was only available to those on parental leave. So it's, it's clearly confined to a specific circumstance. 
why have it? So one of the unusual things about this agreement is the difference in rates between fractionals as is against full-time rates of pay. And we're going to unpack that in, in just a moment. So a full-time doctor may not be on the agreement rate. So this is a mechanism to have true part-time employment where a doctor receives a proportion of their contracted full-time rate as part-time employees do. So by retaining the, uh, the, the same hourly rate, it ensures that the doctor isn't discriminated against for taking parental leave. So in that circumstance, Daniel, what work does subclause F have to do? So uh, F provides that a doctor may at any time elect to have their employment engagement under this clause or clause 14 changed to a fractional basis on the same hours. The point of the part-time employment option for reduced hours after a return from parental leave is to ensure that uh, the rate of remuneration isn't reduced, but if the rate was less than the relevant fractional rate, then the doctor can be fractional. Okay. We touched uh, before a moment ago on the issue of different rates uh, between fractionals and indeed between fractionals and, and full-timers. So it has to be said that it is a, a very unhappy thing to have different rates for the same work performed by people with the same qualification. Uh, as a starting proposition, I think it's fair to say that that is that's an undesirable set of circumstances. I would agree. So for fractionals, as we mentioned earlier, there were five different bands and that varied based on the hours worked. So from July, 1 July 2022, there was some consolidation from five bands to three. And so by definition, by reducing the number of bands, it means that those bands are, are wider. That is, each band covers a broader spread of hours. That's um, so we have different rates, uh, and, but less variation. But this issue of different rates for the same thing goes beyond fractionals and does extend also to full-time employees. It does. Um, so there are different rates for the same year of experience within the fractional structure when it's compared to the full-time rate. And that, uh, it has to be said, is an obvious area for reform at some point. Agreed. And it should be noted that there will be a ministerial review which will turn its mind to a range of issues, including the different modes of employment. All right, Daniel. Well, thank you for taking us through the fractional provisions of the specialist agreement. Thank you, Stuart.